Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome everybody to episode 65 of the Alt Left. Glad to have you back. I am your host, Chris. With me as always is the Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. And it's just going to be the two of us today. Uh, Matt is still um, taking care of his family, and we don't have any guests for once. So, uh, boy, it's just uh, it's just the two of us. It's a nice little couples night, buddy. It's going to be quiet, my friend. But uh, I'm excited. <laughs> me too. So we decided, you know, I mean, everything's still going on the same with the war in Ukraine and all that. We don't really want to talk about that. Um, all anyone's talking about is the war in Ukraine and Will Smith slapping a guy who needed it. So instead, we should just talk about something else that's going on that's not getting enough media attention. And uh, that is going to be the confirmation of Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson. Uh, yeah. The Republicans have had a field day um, basically trying to shame, slam and denigrate a black woman and pretend that that's not the reason they're doing it. oh it's it's been so much fun to watch the coverage of this and see uh see these guys just sputtering and just have absolutely no idea what the hell they're talking about and then her just flip it right on him and be like nope that's not true at all yeah and it's like before we even go into the insanity that has been her confirmation but it's like who is she right like Jackson was a lawyer with a stellar career. She left the mm-hmm. law firm behind in like 2010, I think it was 2011. I mean, she's been gone for over 20 years. Um, and she left to become a commissioner in the U.S. U.S. Sentencing Commission. Mm-hmm. And that what that does is that kind of establishes sentencing policies and and practices and 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 guidelines for federal courts. Like it's actually a very important job. And that's something that she was backed for by many politicians. Basically, she's been just a badass. She has literally not a single mark against her, um, has managed to not sexually harass any of her co-workers. Uh, she has managed to not scream about loving beer or have any credible rape allegations. Uh, she's managed <laughs> to not be a complete nut job and swear to overturn women's rights. Like the, f- Her side of this has been probably one of the most chill hearings we've ever had it has been completely from the senatorial side well and back from her days in the district court she had nearly 600 opinions and you know written opinions and had less than 12 of those uh like overturned or reversed so Mm -hmm. she's clearly got an amazing record she's clearly got a good grasp on the law and how that should be interpreted so like she's a model person for this role yeah and like i say she's it's not her first rodeo like obama nominated her to the u.s district court um yeah in 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 like 2013 or something like that like she's been 2012 sorry yeah Mm -hmm. she's she's been in this circuit for a long time she's been doing this like she is not just a gifted lawyer or a skilled judge she is one who understands the constitution understands setting policy changing guidelines like regardless of left or right like she knows what she's doing Mm -hmm. well Um, and specifically on like these types of cases that supreme court actually rule on or even look at you know, so it's not just that she's trial judge specifically 
uh, versed in giving these kinds of opinions and giving this kind of like uh, rulings, these kinds of rulings. Yeah. I mean, again, she, she knows what she's doing. Like, even if you don't particularly like her policies, which I don't know what, and, and again, you can watch the Republicans flounder because they keep calling her this radical leftist and that kind of thing, because that's what they do. And anything the Democrats propose has to be labeled as radically left. Right. Yeah. Um, that's just what they do, even though it's not like she's not a radical leftist at all. Like she's, she's definitely not a conservative, but she's a, a moderate, maybe moderate liberal. Like she's mm-hmm. super not like fucking Sotomayor was far younger and more liberal than KBJ is. Yeah. And she got through much easier. But again, the division between GOP and DNC has gotten worse. And so now it has to be a hurricane shit show every single time. But she doesn't have anything controversial. Like, literally, all they got on her was they're saying, you're too soft on child pornographers. And it's like, and she made this valid point of saying that, no, no, the problem is, is that the the system for sentencing is is outdated because it doesn't include computers. Yeah. And she goes, someone who's committing a crime for 15 minutes in the old days would have one or two counts because now with the internet, you can browse for 15 minutes and have 50 year sentence. Um, yeah. And, and even like the, like the New York times and a couple of places did like deep dive investigations into her record versus her peers. And guess what? All of her sentencing was right smack dab in the middle of the averages. Sure. She was completely par for the course in her sentencing of pedophiles, which, again, is something you can't say for the GOP. But everybody wants to just ignore it, that it's right smack dab in the middle. And this is the party of Matt Gaetz. MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, went on Fox News last week and was going off about how she's too soft and the Democrats are too soft on pedophiles. And I shit you not in the same breath immediately pivoted to how great Matt Gaetz is. Jesus. I, I did not see that, by the way. Yeah, it's insanity. Um, because, again, it, it, it's been a term going around for a while, and it really holds true that every Republican accusation is a confession. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's what it is, is they want to talk about, you know, going soft on child predators. And well, that's the GOP. No one's got more pedophiles in office than the, than the Republican Party. Um, and they yeah. let it slide every time. Because, remember, they are a galvanized party and it's not that and here's the thing and i'm going to be completely fair to the gop they are not the party of child rapists or pedophiles like i'm not going to do that that's the crap they do you know and and i'm not going to go pizzagate on them because they're not i do not believe the gop believes in child pedophilia the problem is the gop is a ride or die party they will support each other regardless of what they get accused of and so what happens is you get a pederast in there and instead of throwing him out of the party they defend him to the death yeah and matt gates is a is a perfect example of that yeah, there in, is in fact, all kinds of, of ex- him, but yeah well but i mean it's it's a good recent one mm-hmm. yeah and the lengths they will bend over for this guy yeah they've done nothing but just come on buddy you know everything's gonna be okay and support the shit out of them. And it, what they should be doing is exactly what you said. They should be ostracizing him. They should remove him through from all of his committees. Like everything should be taken away from this guy. And then he should be prosecuted for it. But instead, yeah. they're willing to sweep it under the, the rug. Because, And in my opinion, it's because then they can control him. 
you know, as, as the, the larger GOP, you know, to that one, to that one person, you remember what we did for you? I disagree, but I don't think that's you a don't wrong think so? take because I could be wrong too. I, I, I don't, I don't think you're out of left field. Um, I just don't think, again, this is all, you know, this is opinion based on sure. that we have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, I think your point is logical. Um, I think that's more of a democratic way to do things. Uh, the Democrats tend to blackmail and control each other. At least that feels like how Nancy Pelosi tends to roll. Oh, I, um, I agree that. For me, I that. see this as more of like the Catholic Church. Um, you know, is it? That you the think Pope... they just don't throw each other under the bus? Yeah, it's like, does the Pope actually want kids to get molested? No, it's that the Mother Church can never be wrong, and so you will go to Fair any enough. lengths to cover and blanket the reputation of Mother Church, and that is where. The Republicans feel like to me, it is that like, do they like what Matt Gates did? Nope. But it doesn't matter because the Republican Party has rallied behind Trump and has rallied behind those who support him. And so therefore, Trump and his sycophants must be covered for. They are Mother Church. Either one of us could be wrong, but that's what it feels oh, like to me. This sure. very much feels like a, ah, uh, shit. Okay, it's time to cover for Mother Church again. That's what it feels like. It feels yeah. very Catholic. Well, uh, I, mean, that, Catholic I never considered that that viewpoint of you know that that viewpoint of we're just trying to protect our 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 party you yeah. know because well, then and, it reflects and, badly on us and instead of the other way around and no matter, and the, the more credible the charges against you the deeper the deep state conspiracy is and again that's something sure. the gop has bought into uh QAnon has really yeah. cemented that that bringing more and more credible evidence against the Republican party just entrenches them deeper and it forces their supporters deeper, deeper down the rabbit hole for some reason. Yeah. The cognitive dissidence that they experience uh, is just reinforced by all of these occurrences. You know, it, that cognitive thought process of, well, it couldn't be us, mm -hmm. you know, it couldn't be our fault. Well, you know, he, he's not a bad guy. It was only one time. Exactly. You know, well, he didn't mean it exactly the way he said it. And, and here's the funny thing is like, it didn't even have to be this way with like Matt Gates. Like, no. What did Matt Gates do? Matt Gates paid for sex with a 17 year old. Yeah. That is not good. That is a bad thing. That is bad, bad, bad. However, it is not the same as kidnapping a six-year-old, right? Like, there no. are, we have to admit that there is a hierarchy of sin here. And again, and please, I am not defending Matt Gates. Matt Gates is a slimy, evil, child-molesting piece of shit. However, it is nothing that Democrats haven't done as well. Like you look at yeah. Ted Kennedy, and there's no way that didn't happen to him. Like, it's like oh, Democrats sure. are guilty of 17-year-old crap all the time. And again, that doesn't excuse it. It doesn't make it okay, but it definitely is bipartisan. And if the Republicans had just been like, oh, we disavow him and everything he did, and that was terrible and awful, and we stand against anybody, it's like they would have had all the ammo they ever needed for anyone to call them excusers or child molesters or any time a Democrat gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar, they could have been like, we, we cleaned our house. How come the Democrats? Like, it's, like one of, it's like one of those, like the GOP drops the ball so spectacularly every time, and I don't get it. Because well, I think both sides do. If they hung they that one guy ball. out to dry, they would be sitting pretty on this issue. But because they didn't, and they still continue to uphold him, they look like idiots. That's kind of the reason why I think that it pushes a little bit more towards that idea of, well, we got this on the guy, but we supported him anyway. Now he's ours. 
it's the motivation yeah. for why they do what they do. Because Maybe now I they just... can just force Matt Gates to do whatever the hell they want. But it's, but it's the you opposite know? is happening. Matt Gates is leading the party. That's the well, thing. Well, he is. Like... I think him specifically is a di- little bit different of an issue. But yeah, he and Marjorie Taylor Greene and all those assholes have jumped onto the Trump train. And because of that, they have people like Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham and all them scared yeah. out of their minds. Like, that's the thing is you have literally the, the the old guard of the Republican Party is now been hijacked by these newcomers who are on the Trump train. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I think maybe it's even more of they're afraid of Matt Gates. I don't think they're controlling him. I think they're well, afraid of okay. Matt Gates it, screwing them. Absolutely. Maybe. Because Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene have incredible Ugh. media power right now. So is that due to their relative youth in terms of, you know, when you talk about guys like Mitch McConnell? No, it's due to their unswerving support of Trump from day one. Well, no, no, but what I meant by that is, no, but what I meant by that is that they have the media savvy that the older guard don't. I disagree. In terms of their ability to, to speak to the. To the constituents. Ted, Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham invented the game of conservatives taking over the media. And they're, they still they, yeah. they did in this hearing. Like they have the media savvy. Okay. It's that Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham aren't as favored by the neo right because when Trump first came out, they were against him and they're late comers to the Trump train. And everyone knows yeah. that. Whereas, okay. so they're not seen as true believers. Whereas Matt Gates came out day one swinging for, for, for Donnie. And yeah. so because of that, he's seen as a true believer, you know? Okay, fair enough. And he's willing to go through the, the theatrics that they won't. Like, even T- Ted Cruz up here screaming about racist babies is still less theatrical than the shit Marjorie Taylor Greene does. Oh, yeah. Like, he is a calm river compared to the absolute butt puppet shit show that is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, and, she's just and, a crazy nut job that screams at clouds and talks yeah. about all kinds of things that don't exist, but no one yeah. seems to call her on it. Yeah, this, or this, at least when they do call her on it, it doesn't fucking stick. Yeah, Ted Cruz is not going to go up there screaming about Jewish space lasers. And like that's no. the difference. Is the they are willing to go to the absolute far extreme. They don't care. What they've realized is that all press is good press. And and yeah. that their their followers, their Republican followers, will follow that down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. forever, regardless of what the evidence is. I mean, God, can you even imagine that if any if a Democrat had come out making up the bowling green massacre, Kofi or any of the other ridiculous shit we've already forgotten about yeah. that the GOP got behind, you know, Pizzagate, you know, the QAnon shit, John F. Kennedy coming back from the dead to lead the party. Like a chunk of the Republican Party actually believed that was going to happen. They fucking gathered waiting for him to come back. It's the yeah. weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, and, and so it's like this is becoming a cult. The, the Trump following is a cult. Um, it, it has crossed from politician support to literally the worship of the divine. I mean, did you hear about his hole in one the other day? No, because I don't give a fuck about Trump. And so I don't actually. Uh, you should give a fuck about anything Trump, about him Unfortunately, anymore. a third of the country thinks he's Jesus. I know. He he basically declared at Mar-a-Lago that he just got a hole in one, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. And There's obviously no fucking way. Not, he can't drive that far. And obviously not for a 70-year-old morbidly obese man. Like, there's no way he hit that. And it, it, but it's reminiscent of 
like North Korea, King Jong um, Un used to do that kind of shit. We're like, oh, he was born on the moon, defeated Satan from his eyes, and farts gold, and he made a hole in one. Like there was actually a yeah. he holds the record for hole in ones. Like that was actually part of his bi- official bio. <laughs> I well, didn't know that. Not, That's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely, like the whole he had you know, and it was like his first hole in one at an official golf tournament was like three years old. The the funny part to me is that not not only do people glorify people like Kim Jong-un and and Donald Trump believe that shit, but they believe it. They start to believe it themselves. Yeah. Like they start they, to they, believe they, they, that they, mythical. that he actually hit that, that hole in one that they rode that tiger in, you know, from that 19th hole. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> they start to believe their own bullshit. It, it just to, boggles my mind. It's becoming an act of faith, but how is that any less believable than believing a virgin girl gave birth to the son of God from, and, I don't know. And, Cause and I don't all, believe that shit either anymore. And it's all due to a talking snake. Like, I mean, it's like at the end of the day, it's like, it's just fucking religion all over again. You can't, it is. You can't it's, think that 90% of the country believes in angels and talking snakes. And then be like, I don't understand how they don't believe that Donald Trump is a magical space angel who gets holes in one. It's like, well, okay, that's how that, that sounds right to me. I mean, if you're believing in what's that'd be like telling someone like, well, I believe in Zeus, but that Neptune stuff is just way out there. I, no way. I guess like, if the difference it, for me is, <laughs> is like one is a physical being that I can actually see and could possibly interact with. And the other is a complete fabrication of faith. Right. And a complete fabrication of faith is easier to believe in because there's nothing you can't disprove it. But you know what I mean? Real Donald Trump is a physical being, but the belief in him and the support of him is a fabrication of faith. The belief Uh, that he is amazing and is here to drain the swamp and blah, all of that is a fabrication of faith. The belief that he's a smart businessman, like, all facts point to the he's opposite. A horrible Donald, businessman, and yeah, there's he just, tons he's done of... nothing but go bankrupt over and over again. Everything yeah. he does is a failure, and the only way he was able to finally make money at the end of his life was by leasing his name because New York wouldn't even do business with him anymore because he was so fraudulent. He had to just lease his name out because his name was known, so he had to lease his name out to actual legitimate companies. That's the only way Trump actually ended up making any fucking money on something that wasn't a grift. Yeah. Well, and, or being on. Uh, TV. Yeah. Because he made a boatload of cash doing that. So all evidence points that this guy is not a businessman. He's a personality at best. And it doesn't matter. They believe that he's a genius businessman who's here to save us all. He's coming back and he runs the military. It's it's all faith-based nonsense. It's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyhow, sorry for that. that, uh, It's all all part and parcel, man. If we're going to talk about these crazy nutjobs that are unhinged, um, let's talk about our favorite (laughs) unhinged nutjob, which is Ted Cruz. Oh, um, I'm sorry Matt's just, not here for this because, man. I know. Matt, God. Matt, when you listen to this, I hope I hope it gets you. I hope it gets you rock hard, buddy. I hope you're I hope you're screaming at the uh, at the radio. You know, and we miss you, Matt. But, you know, Matt's got a brand new newborn. He's got shit to do. Um, so he'll be here next week. But we will in his stead anyway. and in his honor, we will drag Ted Cruz for Matt. Absolutely. So Ted Cruz spent his time talking to a Supreme Court nominee, not about her record or about how she interprets modern law or no, he wanted to take the time to grill her about a children's book that she did not write and has never read. 
Um, the, the book is called Anti-Racist Baby, and it's by an author called Ibram X. Kendi. And if you don't know who he is, uh, he's actually amazing. Uh, I have one of his books. It's called How to Be an Anti-Racist, and it's probably just one of the best books I've ever read. And it's kind of what he's built his career around anyway. So for those of you who don't know, Ibram Kendi, he's a PhD, um, and he's a professor at Camera. He's been at multiple universities. And he's like, he's, he started out as like an African-American studies professor. And now he's part of like the Boston University or something like that, um, you know, Committee on Racism. Anyway, he's also a best-selling author and he's written quite a few books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're all about, and he kind of has this general theory. And I agree with it. It's one I have been touting as well, that you can't just say I'm not racist. Like his whole point is that you aren't, there is no such thing as a, as a not racist person. Everyone is either racist or anti-racist. That if you do not put energy into confronting people who are racist at you, confronting systems, putting energy into dismantling racist systems, therefore you have co-signed onto those systems. And even if your heart is not vile, you are contributing to those systems, which makes you feel for it, which makes you a racist, even if you're not trying to be. And it's a good point. And it's a brilliant thesis he lays out. So I do recommend if anybody wants to read a book, um, definitely get How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. It's a really good read, especially if you're white. But this one is a child's book, and it's called Anti-Racist Baby. And Cruz just completely missed the point on it. Um, he basically goes up there screaming about, do you believe that babies are racist and blah, blah, blah. The book's not even about that. The book is literally a children's book to teach them that, like, racism exists and he even puts an author's note at the end explaining like this is how this book should be used this is not meant to shame or demean anyone especially children this is to teach children that racism exists because they will figure that out much earlier than we like to think they do and teach them that racism sucks and that they should not be racist that's all it is it is literally teaching kids to recognize their bias and to recognize the bias in others and and condemn it and that's all it is it's a really good book and ted cruz is up here calling it critical racer that's actually what he said about this uh, about the let's back up let's back up so ted cruz <laughs> is basically took this time to grill her about this um this daycare center it, it, it's the georgetown day school right and and, and she happens to be like a it's not a board member I forgot what her thing is like she has like contributed to it right and he, you know, of course, you know, found like, oh, well, let's go to their library. And, and he claims there are stacks and stacks of critical race theory, which, first of all, again, he doesn't know what critical race theory is. No Republican no. does. Very few Democrats do. Cr- critical race theory is a way of pos- it's a way of looking at racial theory in politics in America. And it is a graduate level idea in college. And it is one of many political theories to look at. That is it. It is not being taught to children. Children cannot grasp this. That is not what it is for at all. But the Republican doesn't care. As far as they are concerned, critical race theory is a pellet that is being fed to kindergartners. It's I don't the know devil. <laughs> um, and his quote is, if you look at the Georgetown Day School's curriculum, it is filled and overflowing with critical race theory. Literally stacks and stacks of books. The stacks of books he brought out were four books. Yeah. Stacks. <laughs> Stacks and stacks and stacks of books, yeah. my friend. And so he pulls out a picture book called Anti-Racist Baby. And this is the one we were just talking about, right? And and he just goes into it. And like, like he literally, like while he's talking about it, his aide is like holding up 
these overblown slides of the images like it's the fucking Zapruder I, film. I um, can't imagine being that aide, like holding up that sign going, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is a book that's being Sorry. given to kids at four years old, right? It's literally a, a picture book for, for for tiny children. And his quote, I got, I wrote it as quote, it's like, do you agree with this book that is being taught to kids that babies are racist? Which is not at all what the book is about. And and that's no, because famous... he didn't bother reading the book. No, and, and there was a famous <laughs> um, there's a famous soundbite. I don't know if you've seen it. I've heard just going senator and just pausing with like, let me let me let me tell you. Every black woman in America immediately identified with that pause. Like like I just <laughs> I, I'm a straight white man, and I felt her pain on that one. And it's like I can't even imagine being a woman of color in this country. Like I, I know exactly that 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 resonated with everyone. Everyone knew exactly how she felt. Like dealing with the fucking abject stupidity of this bastard. It's look at this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. those are the fucking words that wanted to come out of her mouth. You know? Yeah. Or she's just like. This, this, this is, this is what I'm getting here. Are you fucking kidding me? Like you're a senator. Like that's the thing. It's like, this is yeah. a question from a fucking senator. By the way, Ted Cruz is a lawyer. Yeah, he's, he's not he, stupid. He's educated. No. Ted Cruz is like Larry the Cable Guy. It's an act. He plays dumb redneck buffoon to get dumb redneck buffoons on his side. He's not yeah. fucking stupid. Ted Cruz is a fucking lawyer and he's an accomplished lawyer. Um, He's not a moron. Uh, and so, like, the fact that he just pulls forth this bullshit, it's just insane. And, and like, Lily, and then her quote is, as she, she finally, after she pauses for a second to to not pull a Will Smith, um, <laughs> her quote is, I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or as though they are not valued or as though they are less than that. They are victims. They are, and they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. Now, we need to recommend, also remember, she didn't write this book. She does not recommend this book. She did not issue this book to children, nor has she ever read this book. So we literally, I mean, it's like we may as well start grilling someone on fucking Dr. Seuss. Like, it's the weirdest thing that, like, she had nothing to do with this book whatsoever. Uh, I don't Ted think it's Cruz, the weirdest thing. She's black, and Ted Cruz is a fucking racist. Exactly. And that's exactly that's, what That's it is. all it has to do with. He's like, oh, I got a black woman up here. I better ask her about what's wrong with black people. No, no, not not what's wrong with black people, black babies, black that babies. are racist. <laughs> well, black authors. <laughs> Pardon me, black authors. Anyway, yeah, and, and there's well, he did another one. The the, the next book he did, um, which is called Stamped for Kids, and it, it's a children's version of the adult book Stamped that Ibram X. Kendi also did. Because again, uh-huh. Ted Cruz clearly has a hard on for Ibram X. Kendi because you know. He, he, he points out the danger of racists, so that's going to have a problem with racists. And, and he per, pulled out like one page out of context. He says, on page 33, it asks the question, can we send white people back to Europe? That's what's being given to eight and nine-year-olds. And it's like, that that's not what that book said at all. <laughs> that book was, was talking about the, you know, the period between the Revolutionary War and the Civil War when white politicians didn't know what to do with black people after they were freed from slavery. Yeah. And many of them just wanted to ship them back to Africa to solve the problem. And the book is talking about how that's not a realistic approach because these people were not African. They had been here for generations. They were Americans. This is the land they knew, the language they spoke, the religion they had. Like they wouldn't be able to do anything in Africa. They would be foreigners. Um, And so it says like it must have crossed into their minds. You know, just imagine 
you know, what Native Americans and black people must have wished about their white oppressors. Can we send white people back to Europe? That, that's it. That was, that was the point. It was to put in context. Yeah. And it's like, nope, Ted Cruz pulled out, plucked out one little sentence. And we're like, see, white people are the real victims. You know, the, the funny part to me is he's not white. He's Hispanic. But he so closely identifies as white because of his constituency that he has to act this way. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, Ted, Ted Cruz is white in everywhere that it counts. Um, yeah. And that it's absolutely what he is going for. Ted Cruz is fighting for the white man. He, But yes, he is absolutely an Uncle Tom um, to the Latinx community, hands down. Um, but that's who he is. Ted Cruz is, is never going to be anything but a traitor to anything that he is. Again, remember, this is the guy who fights for the guy who called his wife ugly on national television. Uh-huh. That's who Ted Cruz is. And, and tried to escape the cold by going to Cancun. Yes. Ted Cruz is an abject coward. And to think that he will ever act in any other way is is folly. So that was that was Ted Cruz's moment in the sun. Uh, it, it was it was definitely interesting. But then he got Lindsey Graham, who was I swear it's like he was he was part of the dipshit Olympics on this one. Just just desperately <laughs> trying to outdo Ted Cruz. Um, yeah. I mean, he was like, if Ted Cruz was, was pulling shit out of pocket, Lindsey Graham was just as unhinged as it gets. Um, and I think part of that is because of all the gay rumors about him are really ramping up. You know, now we've got a whole bunch of, um, confirmed DC male escorts coming together saying, yep, 100%. We've all had been paid by Lindsey Graham to have sex with him. And it's like everyone knows Lindsey Graham's gay. Just, just come out of the closet, bro. It's okay. Yeah, but he's a Republican. He can't. He's a Republican from fucking South Carolina. Like, what's he gonna do? Um, yeah, confirmed bachelor Lindsey Graham. Um, so of course, what's he gonna do? Is he, he's gonna completely toe the party line even harder, right? He's gonna come out as racist. He's gonna be anti-gay. He's gonna be crazy religious, and. He literally made her religion a big part of it. The two things that he complained about was, what kind of Christian are you? What's your denomination? How often do you go to church? Like, it was really weird. Um, And that kind of tied into not only him trying to get the support from his people, but he was also trying to make this comparison between her and Amy Coney Barrett about how she was grilled because of her religion. It's like, well, she wasn't. No one had a problem with Amy Coney Barrett having a religion. People had a problem with Amy Coney Barrett justifying trying to overturn Roe v. Wade because of her yeah. religion, which is a very viable thing to be worried about and ask her about. But no, Lindsey Graham couldn't do it. Yeah, he literally asked her what her denomination was and how often she attends services. Uh, and he even said, like, on a scale of one to ten, how faithful would you say you are in terms of religion? But he wasn't looking he for answers. Cares. He was trying to make a point about how Democrats, you know, hurt Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. The interesting thing about Lindsey Graham in this hearing for me is she was nominated to the Court of Appeals, right? Back in June of 2021. Yeah. And he backed uh, that's her. when he, she, yeah. And he voted for her. Mm-hmm. So for a year, not even a year later, for him to like start grilling her about this, it's all, perf- it's all performative. Mm-hmm. He, he 100%. doesn't. Like it, it couldn't be that all of a sudden now he's against her being, you know, some sort of uh, position of power. It's it's all performative. That's all it can be, in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
it, it's all performative. And again, he like, I mean, here I got a quote from him. He said, <laughs> which is, which is hilarious. He said, just imagine what would happen if people on late night television called you an effing nut speaking in tongues because you practice the Catholic faith in a way they couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. And again, he, he's talking about Bill Maher. Like he's holding her accountable to a monologue spoken by Bill Maher in 2018. And it's just like, so we're grilling her about what a dipshit comedian said when we're grilling her about a children's book that somebody else wrote that she's never read. It's like, I mean, I'm just surprised they didn't like ask her about the sinking of the Bismarck. Like, it's just really fucking weird. Like, it makes no <laughs> fucking sense to me whatsoever. They were just pulling it because they have nothing. Her record is no. stellar. She's an incredible fit. She's perfect for this fucking role. She she absolutely is. And that's kind of what I was trying to say is like, there's no reason for her not to be confirmed. And thankfully it looks like she will at least yeah, um, uh, through to the uh, next. Susan, Susan Collins is going to, has announced that she's going to vote for her. Yeah. Uh, well, she's going to move on to the next uh, round of, of confirmation. So yeah. we'll see how that goes though. So we don't really have a, any idea what's going to happen next other than that vote is happening April 4th, which is Monday. Uh, yep. When this episode comes out. So yeah. we'll find out. So after you listen to this, you'll know the results. But yeah, she's going to get yeah. confirmed um, because the Democrats are going to stand behind her um, because even dipshit yeah. Democrat and, and dinos like uh, what's his name? Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, They're going to vote for her um, because this isn't any kind of issue they care about. And it would be I, I would be very surprised if they didn't vote for her. But now with Susan Collins saying she will. It would at worst be a tie, but I have a feeling yeah. that Susan Collins will not be the only one to vote for. I think we'll probably get one or two of the Republicans because, again, she's fucking qualified and there's no reason not to. Like, literally, the only reason to not vote for her is because the Democrats want her and because she's black. And that's kind of something else, like, we need to talk about is her appointment as well because she's qualified as shit. And I'm getting really tired of Joe Biden spoiling what are qualified nominees with the precursor that they're getting the job because they're black women. Yeah. He needs to stop that. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I'm going to have a black woman as my VP. It's like, instead, why, why, why don't you just do it? Just, just make a black woman, your VP and, and just shut the fuck up because here's the best part. If you do that and you put people of color in your cabinet and in political positions, and then someone attacks you and says, how come you're putting all these people of color in positions of power? And you can just turn on them and say, why are you opposed to putting people of color in positions of power? It's like, there's no way to come at him for that. No, because but they instead, want the credit up front. Yeah. And that's, and it's, and it makes no that's fucking all it sense because he could have, again, she is the most qualified fucking person in the room to be up there. Oh, yeah, she absolutely. stands on her own. It doesn't matter what her race or gender or ethnicity or religion. It's like, no, she's fucking amazing. And he could have just nominated her because it was the right thing to do. And he would have gotten credit for nominating a woman of color. But instead, he has to go up there and pre pat himself on the back. He Wants because the... Joe Biden's a racist and he's desperately trying to clean up that image and he's doing it in the worst way. And it's yeah, this is the kind of stuff that even Rex Kendi's talking about um, is what Joe Biden's doing is 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 going up there and being like, oh, I'm going to help people. It's like stopping a white fucking savior. Just fight for equality and equity. 
That's all mm-hmm. you have to do. You don't have to go up there and suck your own dick about all the things you've done for a black person. No, just do them and shut the fuck up. Just do what is right and advocate for equity. That's all you need to do. Be an ally, advocate for equity, and your record will stand on its own. But he can't. Yeah. He he can't help himself from sucking his own dick on stage. Yeah, they they don't actually care w- about what's right. All they care is the optics of what they're doing and how it makes them look up front and how to get that credit first. You know, yeah. because who cares if if she's actually uh, uh, confirmed? I made the nomination. I did the right thing. No, you didn't do the right thing. I mean, you did, but you did it for the wrong reason. Yeah. And again, if Joe, Joe Biden made a tweet yesterday, you know, wishing for peace and love and support for 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 Islam, for Muslim people around the world as Ramadan starts. And it's and I, I literally commented as the all up. I said, if you gave a shit about Islamic people, you wouldn't be starving children in Afghanistan right now. It's all performative. Joe Biden wants to talk about ending racism. It's like, well, you still have racial concentration camps at your border. You still have Guantanamo Bay open. You still are keeping drug offenders in prison. You're still keeping private prisons open. You're still keeping crime bills active. You hired a cop as your VP. Like, your sanctions are starving Afghan children. Again, by the way, in another year, a little over a year, the number of civilian deaths because of starvation and these sanctions will outnumber the ones killed in the war. Absolutely. It's insane. He's starving children with this shit, and we let it go. Joe Biden doesn't fucking care. Like, again, let's pull a Kanye here on George Bush. Joe Biden doesn't care about black people. He doesn't. Joe Biden doesn't give a shit about anyone. Joe Biden cares about bankers, and the Democratic Party doesn't care about black people or equity in any way, shape, or form. And, and and in nominating the most qualified person there is, but then ahead of time talking about how great you are because she's black, you've completely spoiled it. You, you took a piss in your own Cheerios. Like, you ruined it. Like Yeah, you, ne- you negated any, uh, any points you got. Yeah, because you clearly aren't nominating because... You're, this is not you seeing past racial lines and saying, "Well, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just hire people who look like me because that makes me feel comfortable. I'm gonna hire people who are qualified. I'm gonna see past racial lines, and I'm going to try to bring equity to this." No, you go, "Look at me, I'm a good boy because mm-hmm. I hired a black lady." Yep. See, I'm not racist. Just forget about all those horribly racist things I said and did throughout my entire career, because because at the end of my life, I worked for everyone's favorite black guy, and now I hired. I hired one of you people, one of the good ones, to the Supreme Court. Like it's just like it's like I'm I'm surprised he hasn't actually used those words at this point because Joe <laughs> Biden is so like blatant with how much he doesn't give a shit, and the Democrats and liberals are fucking eating it up. Yeah, man, go on Joe Biden's Twitter and all you will see is "Thank you, Mr. President." Oh, you're so great. You're changing. You're ending racism, and it's like that. He literally said he's going to fund police more. You want to end yeah. racism? Stop them from getting shot by racist cops. That That's the state of it, is, is the Republican Party is going to blatantly attack women for being black, and the Democratic Party is going to use them for token points and still let them die. You, you know what is disparagingly killing people of color in this country? Not access to health care. Joe Biden doesn't give a shit about that. Student debt? absolutely 100% is crippling women of color more than any other demographic. 
Yeah, when if we you actually wanted to help women of color, you would eliminate that. their debt. Their, stu- their predatory student loan debt. Mm-hmm. But no, he won't do it. This is the state of it. This is who we have as president. This is the Democratic Party as well. And that's, again, that's what authors like Dr. Kendi are talking about. It's not enough to just be like, mm, okay, the Klan is bad. That's that's not being not racist. Being an anti-racist is not supporting institutions and systematic procedures that are racist and harm people of color. And the Democratic Party is profiting off of racial inequality. They seek mm-hmm. power from racial inequality. They are absolutely part of the system. Whenever a white person tells you, I don't see color, well, that's the fucking problem, isn't it? Because guess what? Lots of people do. And you blinding yourself to the issue and saying, I don't see color is just as bad as saying, I don't like people of that color. Because you're either part of the problem or you're letting the problem go and don't want to be active in solving it. Either way, it doesn't which is, matter. Which is part of the problem. On the nose, buddy. Exactly. No, I, you're absolutely right. Uh, being part of the problem or part of the solution is exactly that. If you are not actively fighting against it, you are allowing it to happen. You are complicit. And we have talked about complicity on our podcast over and over and over and over, not just about race, but about uh specifically like police officer or policing in general in every facet. But I I think people think that not taking a stand is like absolving themselves of things. You know, it's, it's like, Oh, well, you know, I don't support it, but I don't, I'm not against it. So like I'm over here and I'm, I'm okay. That's like, no, no, no. If, if that's your standpoint, then you are part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Justice Jackson Brown is is the most qualified person in the room, and you can easily let someone like that succeed and either attacking her and blaming her for your racial problems or patting yourself on the back for being on her team are equally damaging. Patting yourself on the back for helping someone again, it's white saviorism and it is damaging and it is racist. Very much so. It needs to stop. And I know that some people, especially our right wing critics, are going to say, what do a couple of white dudes know about racism? It's like, I don't. Uh, A couple of white dudes haven't had to have those experiences. Um, I've never experienced racism. Sorry. I've never had to worry about getting killed by cops because they color my skin. Uh, I have never had to worry if I'm going to get a job because my name might sound too black. Um, I have never had to worry about police or ICE worrying that I... I I don't have to put um, on a white voice. I look too Latino. When I... I don't have to put on a white voice so that people don't... Yeah. I've never had to automatically think down behind... Yeah. That's the term. Yeah, I've never, I've never had, had to, to code that. switch. We've never had to. We have the privilege of having never had to go through any of that shit. I've never Absolutely. had to worry about like, well, I'm wearing a hoodie outside. Is that going to threaten people? I don't have to worry about that shit. And that's the point is that it's not it, it, the onus is not on people of color only to fight racism. The onus is especially on privileged ass white dudes like us to give a shit about it and to call out other privileged white dudes who are being racist. That's the thing is that's what it's supposed to be is. Men need to call other men out for being sexist. White people need to call out other white people for being racist. It's not just about keeping your head down and, well, I'm not doing it. That's part of the problem. You have to speak out about it. You have to call it out. When you see someone saying and doing something shitty, you have to be like, hey, you're being shitty. 
because sometimes it's subtle. Maybe they don't know what they're doing is wrong, and it can be an educational moment for a friend. But oftentimes it's this garbage. And you need to look. And if your friend is like Joe Biden, who's like, we just need to have another black woman do this because that's what the black people need. Like, hey, 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 have it. You shut your mouth about what black people need. And you let black people decide what they need and just support them and shut up Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. But that's what it takes. So, yes, um, if you are listening to this podcast and you are white, that's the way to do it. And I think anyone who listens, most people who listen to this podcast probably already get that. So I'm probably preaching to the choir. But y'all are great. And we love you guys. So one thing I wanted to talk about just real shortly uh, was the most recent vote that happened in Congress for the uh, diabetes medication uh, bill. For insulin? Uh, yeah, for insulin. So what it said was that insulin cannot cost any more than $35 per month uh, for one for one particular prescription. And it was going to go a long way towards making insulin affordable for the masses of people here in the United States, because there's no reason that any of these drugs should cost more than $35. No, and it doesn't cost that in other countries. No, it, it, that's, and that's the point. Uh, that's the reason why they kind of went with that, that middle ground number, because honestly, most insulin costs pennies to produce, and $35 still would allow the drug companies to make profit on it. Obviously, not the th- hundreds of thousands of times you know, actual cost of production that they're currently making. But um, we had a whole bunch of Republicans that fucked that up. Yeah. A whole bunch. So it didn't pass because they don't fucking care about people. No, they don't. And the Republican Party likes to tout that, like, we want the free market and we want to make, uh, we don't want to get free insurance. We want access and cheap insurance and competitiveness. It's like, well, this would have been the way to do it. This would have been a way to ensure cheap, easy access to premium insurance uh, and life-saving drugs. And they, of course, couldn't vote for it because, you know, the pharmaceutical industry owns the Senate. Um, yeah, but yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, they decided that life-saving and necessary drugs um, are worth it to keep gouging Americans. Because again, insulin is not that expensive to produce. It is cheap. If you go to Mexico or Canada, again, Canada where things are more expensive, by the way, Canada is a more expensive nation to live than the United States. Yeah. In Canada, insulin is crazy cheap. Bernie Sanders did this stunt where you know, he took a bus to Canada for, with diabetics to go buy insulin. And Americans are gouged out the gate because, again, our Senate is owned by the pharmaceutical industry. People like Cory Booker, even, who, who were supposed to be champions of a common, ma- a common person, are, are, are against it. You know, they're bought out by the pharmaceutical industry. And so now, instead of keeping insulin cheap, we're just going to allow insulin to be gouged as high as possible. We have people who are literally like, because they can't afford it, they're skipping doses. They're going blind because they can't afford the insulin. They're well, dying here's over the thing. this. I'm a diabetic, right? I take mm-hmm. insulin three times a day, plus a shot every night, plus a weekly medication, right? You can probably guess what those are if if you know anything about diabetes medications. My medications are expensive and I have a really good paying job and I have a have really good health care and it still costs me over a hundred dollars a month to pay for all my medications. So Yeah. And even that's I'm insane. privileged. That's insane yeah. still. You, ha- you especially have about when as you good about- as it gets in America and you have to pay a hundred bucks a month to stay alive. hundred bucks a month least, that I don't have to pay because I don't have to take correct. any medications. I have the yeah. ablest privilege of surviving on just sleep and food and water. I don't yeah. require medications to survive. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, again, we're, we need to talk about that. There is an ableist privilege to that. If there are medications that human beings need to survive, why are they paying out of pocket for any of this? Why is it that UK have to pay $100 more a month than I do to keep to breathing? Live. To live. It make, it, it's absolute insanity. And we're one of the only countries that, and we're one of the only developed countries that believes this. That's why it's cheap in Canada. My medications would cost, you know, a third of that if I were to go purchase them in other countries, if I were to be able to go to Canada or go to Mexico and purchase those medications. Mm-hmm. And it's because they understand that those medications are life. Those are the life of those people. If they don't have them, they die. People die every day because they have to skip doses because they can't afford their in, their insulin because they have to go days or weeks without it. So they end up eating almost nothing to keep their blood sugar from spiking. Like, and it's a huge cycle and all it does is kill people. But the Republicans don't fucking care because they don't actually care about people. And they have the best insurance literally money can buy. Oh, yes. Yeah, they don't pay for anything. So it doesn't affect them. And they don't fucking care. And besides, you know, what your position is or what state you are, you're making enough money where even if you didn't have insurance, you could pay for it. Or you probably did before you became a senator anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the poli- That's the American way, is that it doesn't matter if you need it to survive, you need to pay. And if you can't pay, then you're not worth it. We have decided exactly. that human life is only worth capital. But eh, that's, that's capitalism. You know, work yep. or die. So Joe Biden went out there and did. Joe Biden yep. said it doesn't matter. We have to open schools so parents can go to work. We have to, even when it wasn't safe. Um, you know, you have to, we, we're going to, I'm going to cut off benefits for unemployment so people can't seek better employment and they have to go to the shittiest gig work they can find. And then I'm going to uh-huh. take a victory lap on that. He, I put people back people. to work. Yeah. And again, he, he announced, remember he, he went on TV last week and told everyone to prepare for food shortages. The yep. system has failed. That's what's the happening. The system is down. Yeah. No shit. So there are no non-racist major parties in this country racism is alive and well and so is ableism in this nation and we are willing Mm -hmm. to let anyone die for the color of their skin or for the amount they can afford in drugs that human life does not matter on either one of those fronts all that matters is the almighty dollar and the profit margin well said my friend well since matt's not here for a mailbag uh are we saying goodbye we are saying goodbye but not for long, kids. Don't worry. We're going to be back. I promise. But thank you for being here with us. This was, I'm glad we got this one out of the way before the Senate hearing. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how this ages after we get the vote. Yep. But um, thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for being here. Next week, we'll be back three strong. And we're going to cover some fun stuff. Uh, it's going to be a little more fun. It's going to be a little less depressing. Uh, we are going to drag some terrible online personalities. So tune in for that one. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Tune in next week. We will be in your ear holes. And until then, everybody, remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, the revolution is you. 